Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Amen. Woo, I was all right till Deacon and Cindy started praying. My husband, we was praying on the way here. And uh, I was like, Lord, does he have his eyes on the side of the road? Because we was going up. But I thank God for who he is in my life. I thank all of you for coming out today. Um, As he said before, you can have your seats because I'm going to say a couple things. I don't want y'all standing all day. But uh, I'm so grateful. Um, I'm thankful to God for who he is in my life. Um, I stand before you not as a, a perfect vessel. Uh, but one that is continuing to press towards the mark of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. And so um, I just want to give honor to our pastor, Pastor Keith. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, As you know, Pastor Keith is a dear friend of mine, along with Minister Serena. And I could say so many things about him and them. But one thing I there's few things I love Pastor Keith, but one thing I'm going to mention on today, Pastor Keith has a way of pushing me when I'm comfortable. I like sometimes sitting on the sideline, y'all. Y'all might not know that, but I'll be like, nah, I'm good. I'm good over here. I'm chilling. But he keeps pushing me and like, okay, Pastor Keith. But one thing I, I'm reminded of uh, David and Saul, when David went to go fight Goliath, Uh, Saul tried to give him all of his armor, the helmet, the clothes and all of this. And David like, man, I'm I'm, I can't fight with all of this stuff on. So he took it off and he got a slingshot and his smooth stone. And Pastor Keith, I am reminded of that story because you allowed me to take off the armor that you wear and fight with what I have. And so I truly appreciate Pastor Keith lets me do me. And so I would encourage any of you for the ministers, the ministers in training, when you get up here, now I need you to be biblically sound. All right, don't be coming up here and you ain't saying nothing. But I need you to be biblically sound, but don't lose who you are, okay? Because all of us are different. We're going to present differently. And um, I know the first time he asked me to preach, I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Because I see him every Sunday. I'm like, first of all, Pastor Keith, the way he writes sermons is amazing. First of all, I'll be like, Pastor Keith, you need to give me about seven months because I need to hear from the Lord. But uh, his, his ability and his, um, his ministry, his study, I, I just adore, adore him. But I, I really appreciate the fact that he lets me be me, a unique individual, talking the way that I talk 
girl from Tampa, and um, I really appreciate him. So I love you, Pastor Keith. I love you, Lady Serena. Thank you so much for reaching out to me on yesterday and encouraging me. I love y'all. All right, to my husband, thank you so much. I could talk about you all day, but I gotta preach. The hour is near. Nice way. But I love my husband. He is he is absolutely wonderful. Like I just couldn't even imagine. Uh, looking back at my life, I said, Lord Jesus, I don't condone going to the club, but I'm glad I went, y'all. Cause had I not, I would not met the one for me, for me, for me told y'all I was living my best life. Hey, I love to see it. So y'all can sit up here like, no, I had fun. So I thank God that in my midst of having fun, he sent my husband, uh, my soulmate, the one that prays for me, the one that makes me laugh, the one that's always looking out for me. So I thank him so much. Um, thank you, honey. I love you so much. My parents, I love y'all. My mom surprised me because she was supposed to be watching online, but she came in. So I thank God for her. My parents, they are the reason why I am who I am. My dad is a servant at heart. Uh, He's been working on the same job, one job for over 45 years. Who does that? I don't work by 10 jobs. I'm just saying. But I, I thank him because he, he always smiling and um, he is just an awesome, awesome man. And I, I really appreciate who he is. And uh, Minister Serena said one time that um, I, I may be a little brass when I speak. Uh, she, used, she usually calls me Peter. And if y'all wondering where I get it from, my mother. So I thank God for it because my mom has taught me how to be direct. Um, she taught me to be who I am, but state how you feel um, with respect. And, you know, y'all know how direct I am. And sometimes when she come at me, I'll be like, man, my, that was a little rough. But she just gave me a dose of my own medicine. So I love my mother. She is so awesome. And she has taught me so much um, just in being the woman that I am. So I love you, mom. I love you, Cody. I know you playing your game. So, but anyways... Uh, Miss Deaconess Cindy, thank you so much. I'm not going to call the road, but um, thank you for your prayers. I, I needed that, and um, I feel God's presence. And so Cody's mama bear, we love you. Um, my husband doesn't have parents that are alive. And I wish that I could have met them. But God knows, has a way of sending people in your life. And the way she loves us and my husband is almost like God placed a mother in his life. And so I appreciate you. Thank you for being Mama Bear to Cody. I told you he's your, uh, I forgot what I called him T, but anyway, we called, I'll be telling her Cody, her grandkid too. I'll be like, come get your grandchild. <laughs> but I thank you so much, Miss Cindy, because you play a role in our life that is just unimaginable. And I, I love you. I, I do. I don't fight no more, y'all. I don't be going off like that, but uh, there's about a couple of people 
that I'll fight about. I'm going to say, Pastor Keith, here to go to this minister's license. She won um. So I love, I love Miss Cindy. Um, I love you. That's, that's all I can keep saying. My ride or die here. I'm sorry. I'm almost done, y'all. Uh, Elder Electa, Sheeta is here on today. Thank you so much for your love. This girl done seen me in my darkest, darkest moment. I'm telling you, y'all, y'all better get some friends that can pray you through. So I love you, friend. And then last but not least, um, she didn't know I was going to do this today, but uh, it is Women's History Month, right? And so I want to honor someone today that um, I just, I just felt the need to honor her. Minister LaShawn. You are, the Bible talks about you reap what you sow. Pastor Cole and I have sown and sown and sown. And we've been a big support of so many families, so many individuals. And when God sent you in our life like over 16 years ago, you are one of the reasons, along with my family, I'm talking about my support outside of my biological family, that I'm able to stand here today. You're the reason why my husband's able to do what he does. Because y'all, you and your husband have always, y'all are like family to me. Y'all have supported us um, through thick and thin. You, I mean, when I'm sick, she calling, hey friend. How you feeling today? You know, she's checking on me. You know, when I was looking for a job, she checking on me. How you doing with your job search? And she's all, when I was in school, she was checking on me. And I appreciate you because I'm always the one checking on other people. And so for God to send you and place you in our lives like this, the way you have, um, taking on Cody as your uh, nephew and I appreciate that because we wouldn't be able to do half the things we do had it not been for our village and I'm so grateful even though my husband stole your job we ain't gonna talk about that that's a whole nother story that's how we met her she was pregnant went on maternity leave my husband came in took her job and they like, yeah, he's so awesome. We're going to have to find something for you to do. And so that's how our, our friendship developed. But thank you. Thank you so much, Minister LaShawn. You are rare. You are amazing. And I'm so grateful for what God is doing in your life. I seen who you were way back when. And I tell you and I promise you, you're not the same person. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. I'm going to be done in about 30 minutes, hopefully, maybe less. All right, let's get to God's word. You can go ahead and uh, stand if you have your word. I'm going to be reading from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 6 through 27. Now, y'all know how I do it. I read the God's word version because y'all see how I talk, right? So this is how I'm bringing, I'm bringing the Bible in like 2021, Okay. So if you have your iPhones, your iPads, cell phones, phone from Metro, go ahead and pull that out. That flip phone, 
Go ahead and pull that one out too. Thank you so much for joining us online. We appreciate you. I pray that uh, this is a word that you can take with you, grab hold, um, and uh, use it for your life. Because uh, I had to, I had to, the, the word challenged me. Um, and I'm so grateful. Uh, this week was rough, y'all. When I say it was rough, everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. But I thank God that even though I got 99 problems, praising God and thanking him is not one of them. Amen. All right. So let's go to the word of God. First Kings chapter three. Verses 16 through 27. Again, I'm going to be reading from the God's word. Now, if y'all watch Lifetime, uh, if you watch Law and Order, any criminal shows, I read the first time I read this scripture, I was like, what? Oh, my God. So anyway, let's get it. Okay, here we go. Chapter 16 says, a short time later, two prostitutes came to the king and stood in front of him. One woman said, sir, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a son while she was with me in the house. Two days later, this woman gave birth to a son. We were alone. No one else was with us. Just the two of us were in the house. That night, this woman's son died because she rolled on top of him. So she got up during the night and took my son who was beside me while I was asleep. She held him in her arms. Then she laid her dead son in my arms. Hallelujah. When I got up in the morning to nurse my son, he was dead. I took a good look at him and realized he is not my son at all. The other woman said, no, my son is alive and your son is dead. The first woman kept on saying, no, your son is dead and my son is alive. So they argued in front of the king. The king said, this one keeps saying my son is alive and your son is dead. And the other one keeps saying, no, your son is dead and my son is alive. So the king told his servants to go bring me a sword. When they brought it, he said, cut the living child in two. Give half to one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was still alive was deeply moved by her love for her child. She said to the king, please, sir, give her the living child. Please don't kill him. But the other woman said, he won't be mine or yours. Go ahead and cut him in half. That is the reading of God's word. If you will be bear with me for a moment as I minister from the subject, somebody look at your neighbor. I know we social distancing, but you should be sitting with somebody in your row. Say, deal with it. You can go ahead and have your seats. Deal with it. On February 6, 1950, singer, songwriter, and actress Natalie Cole was born to a vocal legend, Nat King Cole, and jazz singer, Maria Cole. Beginning at the age six, her parents recognized her vocal gift and were intentional about cultivating her musical abilities. She recorded a song with her father 
and perform within her local community. Natalie's father was, her future was bright and extremely promising and her parents did their best to prepare her. But then by the age of 15, tragedy struck. Flipping her entire world upside down. Her father, her hero, her mentor, Nat King Cole died of cancer in 1965. His death put her in a state of chronic depression, which then fueled a pattern of self-destructive behaviors. Publicly, Natalie looked well accomplished. She turned out gold and platinum albums, and she won a few Grammys. She continued, however, to play Russian roulette in her private life. In the early 1970s, she began using LSD and later on became addicted to heroin. After an unsuccessful attempt of trying to quit cold turkey, she fell right back into the trap of addiction. This time, it was to cocaine. For over a decade, the disease of addiction consumed her. She it caused her to miss performances, she got in all kind of car accidents, and because she was binging on these drugs, she almost OD'd. She had countless near-death experiences. And just when things could not get worse, her son nearly drowned in their pool outside of her home while she was inside the house binging on drugs getting high. By this time, Natalie's life had completely spiraled all out of control. Her musical career was in jeopardy and she was literally on the verge of killing herself. At this point, she had two options, life or death. Because I told you, she, she already was about to die. She probably coded God knows how many times. But thankfully, in 1983, she pursued life. With the support of her loved ones, Natalie checked into a drug rehab facility. By choosing life, she was forced to deal with the death of her father and to understand the root causes of her behavior. Because Natalie was determined to resolve her issues, two things happened. First, she was able to remain sober for over 30 years until the day she died on December 31st, 2015. Secondly, because of her sobriety, her musical career soared far beyond imagination. She was in movies. She ended up winning, I think, about nine Grammys. She had so many nominations for Oscars. She had so many. She had such a successful career. Why? Because she chose life. So I shared this story today because it demonstrates hope in a situation that seems far beyond repair. It shows the possibility of a positive outcome when we deal with the very thing that pains us. First Kings chapter three, verses 16 through 27 gives us two perspectives from women dealing with pain. One woman took a chance and dealt with the issue at hand which caused a favorable outcome, while the other refused to work through her own anguish. So this morning, I want to discuss two factors that hinder us from dealing with our pain, and then I'm gonna offer one solution, 
I'm going to go to have my seat. I'm going to go to jerk cut and grab my food, and I'm going to go ahead and go home. Amen? All right. So let's look back at 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. And I'm going to read it again. A short time later, two prostitutes came to the king and stood in front of him. One said to him, sir, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a son while she was with me in the house. Two days later, this woman gave birth, also gave birth to a son. We were alone. No one else was in the house. Just the two of us were there. That night, the woman's son died because she rolled over on top of him. So my point number one, somebody say devastation. Let's take a look at this story, y'all. So here we have two prostitutes, right? So they're doing what prostitutes do. They're selling their bodies because I was doing the history in this story and they were poor. So I'm, I'm assuming that they were selling their bodies so they can get money, right? And then you usually see, um, I watch a lot of documentaries and um, I saw one about uh, the life of like cocaine, drugs and prostitution. And it talks about how women that are prostitutes typically are abused, okay? So they're prostitutes, they're poor, they're selling their bodies, they probably been abused. Then they get pregnant. I'm assuming because they prostitute, they don't know who the baby daddy is. All right, we're just gonna make an assumption. All right, it ain't biblical, but uh, that's my interpretation, okay? So you have one woman where the baby dies, not because of SIDS, not because uh, she, she was delivering during birth and he, he was stillborn. She died, I'm assuming she was asleep, probably in a deep sleep, and she rolled over smothered him and he died and then we hear later in the story that the other woman had her child taken from her so somebody say devastation so can you imagine the devastation that this woman felt I was reading this story and I felt her pain just just from being a mother because I, I can't even wrap my mind around that within this single moment she gained a horrible memory, one that would be difficult for her to escape. If we all can be honest, we've all have experienced something in life that has caused us devastation. Causing intense emotional and psychological anguish. The weight of this is so great, the pain is so great that it feels like you rolled over and killed your own child. So what does devastation look like for you? Was it abandonment, abuse, false accusation? Somebody's just lying on you. They putting your name all out there. Remember the time that you was called fat, ugly? Your baby mama told you you weren't gonna amount to nothing? What about the time you were overlooked for the promotion? You've been working there forever. And then they gonna, here comes some little millennial, sorry y'all. They gonna come up in here and, and take your job. Or have you been belittled at work? Your supervisor, coworker, cause you got a little, little power, you wanna think you gonna talk to me any kind of way and embarrass me. Remember that terrifying experience during segregation? or during desegregation, 
My mom, when I tell you she is strong, she is a rock. First of all, my mom is very intelligent, right? And she was, I don't know, was it 18 to go to school? She was a, one of the first, because she was so smart, to go to a desegregated school. So it's like, like eight blacks and the rest, well, y'all know the story. So I can only imagine the devastation that those that had to go through uh, that time. Or were you being followed in a store all because of the color of your skin? Was it death, the diagnosis, or your desire to hear these simple words? I love you. Or I am proud of you. Good job. So I just want to give a quick sidebar. Don't compare or minimize your devastation. Everybody's devastation looks different. So I'm going to give you an example. I'm not sure if I shared this story with you before, but um, my grandfather, before he passed, we used to be a caregiver for him. I miss him dearly because he made me laugh all the time. And so um, I had, at the time, I had gained a, little, a lot of weight, not a little. I gained a lot of weight and, you know, I wasn't trying to lose. I love eating food, right? And so one day my granddaddy, like, granddaddy was like, golly, you fat, right? <laughs> And so I'm like, look at him like, really, granddad? And I think I just hugged him, kissed him, and pat him on his head. But it didn't bother me because it just didn't, right? So for me, he called me fat. Granddad, I ain't worried about you, okay? But if the mean girls in school were calling you fat or they were calling you ugly, that was devastating for you. All right? And then when I say we minimize it, right? So we'd be like, oh, it's no big deal. That was a long time ago. Or, you know, kids, man, they was just being kids. No. So I don't even know if I share this story with my parents, right? So those of you that are very close to me know that Chantel is not my first name. My first name, my government name, <laughs> is Lenetra. Okay? So um, my parents never called me Lynetra. I'm like, well, why y'all name me this? Y'all ain't never called me. They always called me by Chantel, which is my middle name, right? So I remember being in first grade, and no one called me by Lynetra. My uh, first grade teacher, she called me when she would take the role. She'll be, oh, Lynetra, Lynetra, blah, 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 right? So there was this little boy named David. <laughs> Blonde hair, blue eyes. I remember David to this day, right? So we'll be on the playground playing, and he'll be like, Miss Lotro Tro, Miss Lotro Tro, Miss Lo, like, and I was like, David, that is not my name. Stop calling me that. And he kept calling me that, right? So years later, I get older, and you know, I'll go to like the doctor's office, or I'm in a, a business office, and somebody calls my name. Um, a lot of times, people mispronounce mispronounce uh, my name, excuse me, and they call me Lanitra instead of Lanetra, right? And so, I remember one time I was in the doctor's office, and they was like Lanitra, and I was like, my name is Lanetra. <laughs> Snapped off. Why? Because I was devastated that David kept calling me the wrong name and calling me Miss Lotro Tro. And for a long time, to be honest with y'all, I didn't even like my first name. 
But it worked out for me because my parents always called me Chantel. But I have gotten to the point, that's my name. Whenever I go to the doctors on it, yep, Lynetra, okay, all right, and I'm cool with it. So that's why I said you can't minimize what may not bother you, may be devastating for someone else. So regardless of what happened, it hurt you. It shook you deep down to your very soul. And if truth be told, nobody wants to deal with situations that cause emotional and mental distress. Who wants to deal with that? Instead, it seems easier. What we do, we're going to go ahead and suppress it. What happened in the house, stay in the house. Or we're just going to avoid it all together. You got this big old pink elephant. All right, ain't nothing there. And you're just stepping all, stepping all over the elephant. Because that's what we do. Well, unfortunately, when we take this route, our wounds will never heal and they will start to ooze. I don't know if y'all ever seen uh, an infection outside of Charlotte, um, Miss Rhonda, but an infected uh, sore and it starts to ooze and it's nasty and all this discharge is coming out. And so what do our wounds ooze? It oozes bitterness. And anger is starting to smell, smell like raw meat. You're starting to have resentment. You're starting to have unforgiveness and frustration and sadness. You're letting an unhealed wound ooze. And so no matter how deep it is and painful the wound is, we serve a God that has the ability to heal our broken hearts and bind up our wounds. And that's Psalms 147 and 3. Amen. All right, so the first hindrance is what? Devastation. All right, we're going to go to uh, the, my second hindrance. Let's take a look at 1 Kings, again, chapter 3, verse 20. And I'll read it for your hearing. So she got up during the night and took my son, who was beside me while I was asleep. She held him in her arms, then laid her dead son in my arms. When I got up in the morning to nurse my son, he was dead. I took a good look at him and I realized that he was not my son at all. Excuse me, I read a little bit over. But the second point, everybody say desperation. I'm telling you, I've seen so much in this text right here. Um, the fact that she took, her, her, her child died, right? Then she takes her dead child and put it to somebody else and take her. That's some lifetime law and order criminal minds type stuff, right? Minister Dominique, I'm going to tell you this, right? So if somebody would have done that, I am going to lay hands. I'm not calling no authorities. I'm not calling the police. I'm going to lay hands. I'm going to get the oil, pull it on my face because it's about to go down, right? Go ahead and call, get my jail cell ready in my, in my uniform because it's about to go down. I read this story. I got mad. I was like, how she going to take her son? Oh, my gosh. This, I'm telling you, you ain't read the Bible. This right here, this is lifetime. I'm telling you. All right. So here in the text, we notice this woman's extreme desperation. So she accidentally killed her baby. Like, I can't, again, I can't even imagine that. I was reading some stories of different mothers. They probably were, um, they were co-sleeping. 
I used to co-sleep with Cody all the time, and I thank God that's never happened. But some of these mothers, uh, one, she she passed away. Um, she uh, was taking medication, and she had a complication with uh, after her, her surgery, and she passed out. But I guess when she did, she, like, rolled or something, and she died, and the baby died. And then I've seen other ones when mothers were on medication or they just sleep heavy. And you got this little one month old and it it happens. I I saw so many stories. So she accidentally killed her child, right? I'm assuming that in this moment she is trying to figure it out. I believe that she was like in utter disbelief. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Did I just roll over my baby? She's frantic. What am I going to do? I'm sure she wasn't in her right state of mind, causing her to completely act out of character. So why do I say this? Okay, so going back to the story, the two women were prostitutes, right? They lived in the same house. So this is my interpretation. I'm assuming that they were in the same house that I'm just going to say they were roommates, right? And because they were prostitutes and because I told you I like to watch document, uh, different documentaries, um, prostitutes have an uh, ability to form a sense of community, right? So even though they work and they're doing what they do, but they look out for each other. Uh-uh, girl, nah, cause he knocked me upside my head last time. Don't get in the car with him. You know, so they look out for each other. So I'm thinking in my mind, she couldn't have been in her right frame of mind because this is someone that she's been looking out for. This is her roommate, could be her friend, but she takes her friend, her roommate, whatever you want to call her, his baby. So she was totally acting out of character. So why in the world would she have the nerve to steal her roommate's baby? It's simple. Everybody say pain. She took this baby because this is how she reacted to the loss of her own child. When we have been so hurt mentally and emotionally like this woman, we can take a desperate approach in our own reactions to trauma. In other words, pain can make us act a complete fool. The sad part is many of us don't even realize how much we acting a fool, how much it's affecting us. And because we're being foolish, we don't realize how much we're hurting others because she took this other woman's child. You on, it's one thing that your baby did, right? I, I'm praying for you. That's horrible. But then you're going to take my child. You was acting a complete monkey. Desperation has a negative impact on our speech. You just talking any kind of way, loose lips. It has a negative thinking on, uh, on our thinking. You, your mind just all over the place. And it has a negative impact on our behavior. Clearly, this is the word. We see what she did. She was totally acting out of character. This is the reason why we engage in destructive behaviors. You sleeping with everybody. You doing drugs. You overeating. You cutting yourself, lashing out at others. You just going off on everybody. My name is Lanetra. (laughs) Or become obsessed with control. No, it needs to be right here. This is my box. If you take me out of this, I don't know. I'm going to lose it. So I need to know what are we doing at 12 o'clock, Britain? What are we doing? Because I need to know. 
<laughs> They're right. <laughs> so subconsciously, it is our way of screaming, I'm hurting and I don't know how to deal with it. This clearly explains Natalie Cole's drug addiction and the prostitute switching babies. In these cases, death triggered their reckless behavior. So my question to you is, what does desperation look like for you? Are you critical? Do you always have a habit of pointing out people's inadequacies or, fel inadequacies or failures? Oh, I could do better than that. Did you see what you did? Yeah, you remember you cheated on me, right? I know it was five years ago, but you remember you cheated on me, right? Can't ever get over stuff. Have you ever abandoned your family or your children? You know, there might have been a time where you just was absent in their life. You might have reconnected, but there's a reason why you were absent. Are you a perfectionist or always have the need to be right? Can't nobody, you is never wrong. I'm always right. My name is Miss, Miss Right, Right, Right. Do you play victim easily? Are you always offended? She didn't speak to me. How I'm going to speak to you, I was on Bougainville. I didn't even know you was at church. Just, just offended about everything. <laughs> or are you get, engaging in sinful activities that are producing more bondage in your life? I ain't got called a row. You know what you're doing in your private life, in your public life. So if so, subconsciously, what you may be trying to do is express your own pain. I'm hurting and I don't know how to deal with it. Because the real source of your pain, I ain't tripping that you keep nagging your husband. I ain't tripping that you keep going off on your wife. The real issue is it may be you insecure. That's why you always talk about people because you insecure about your own stuff. You lack affirmation. Nobody ever uh, complimented you, no one. So you always seeking attention. You always got to be in the presence. You got to be in the limelight. Rejection. Fear. So those are what the real root causes are. So bottom line, if we don't deal with our devastation, we could come, become de desperate in our attempts to cope. So two hindrances. We had devastation and desperation. So now I'm going to provide one solution. Y'all, I'm almost done. I told you I'm going to get y'all out of here. All right, so let's look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 24 through 27. So the king told the servants to bring me a sword. When they brought it, he said, cut the living child in two. Give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was still alive was deeply moved by her love for her child. She said to the, the king, please, sir, don't give, don't give, excuse me, please, sir, give her my living child. Please don't kill him. But the other woman said, he won't be mine or yours. Go ahead and cut him in half. So my solution to dealing with whatever your devastation is somebody say make a decision so decision that's my only point concerning this at some point we must make a decision regarding the source of our pain I mean 
Aren't you tired of being angry? Just angry all the time. Be like, what's his name? Incredible Hulk. You won't like me if I'm angry. You're just angry all the time. It is too much work. Don't you finally want to get a good night's rest? You just tossing and turning every night. Can't sleep. Waking up at three in the morning. How long will desperation and anxiety continue to disrupt your life? Don't you want to feel God's peace in your mind? If we are not careful, we can allow our own pain to consume us and destroy us. Just like the woman who stole the baby. I mean, she literally told King Solomon to kill the baby that she stole because she couldn't have him and neither could the birth mother. This woman was in a dark place. Had she dealt with the death of her son, grief wouldn't have controlled her life. The second woman, on the other hand, took a different approach. She too experienced devastation. She woke up and to nurse her son and she's like, oh my God, my son is dead. So she's looking frantically. I'm, I'm picturing in my mind. Oh my God. Oh, wake up, wake up, wake up. Whoa, this is not my child. Where is my child? Where is my child? And then she see the other woman just rock my baby in the... All right? So you go from thinking your child is dead, devastated, then relieved because he's alive. Then you go back to, oh, my God, King, you going to get the sword and cut my child in half? So your son goes from being dead to being alive and possibly being dead. So she also, too, experienced devastation. However, when she didn't know how to handle her situation, she asked for help. So what did she do? She went to the king. And so I just want to tell you that there are some times when we have issues and, and life is going to catch us up, but God will send people in your life to help you. Not just any kind of people, people that know the word, people that know how to pray with you. So she went to the right person. Then after asking for help, she was determined to, to change her situation. She begged the king, hey, king, if I can't have him, just please, please, please don't kill my son. She can have him. Let him live. Let him live. Just please, please don't kill him. So she was just trying to figure out, hey, if it means I can't have him, just please don't kill him. Until we decide to face those situations that grieve us, we will continue to be tormented and desperate in our efforts. So in closing, I want to take a, a look at Natalie Cole's story. Look at the prostitute story. We can relate. Why? Because they experienced devastation desperation, and ultimately, they had to make a decision. Natalie Cole and one woman chose life in a traumatic situation, while the other woman let the pain of her trauma defeat her, influencing her to choose death. So my question to you today 
Which one will you choose? You're going to choose life in a situation that seems painful. Um, but you say, you know, there's still hope in this situation. Are you going to let it defeat you and just said that I'm so devastated. I can't I can't even get past this, because if we look at the story, it doesn't say it. But just in my imagination, she still after her child died, even after she switched babies, she still had the opportunity to make things right. She could have just said, oh, my God, girl, I just killed my baby. I'm sorry. I, I lost my mind. Here, here's your child. She could have she dealt with it like that and then went and grieved her own son. But she held on to what caused her to act that way. And that was the grief of her son, the loss of her son. She was grieving. And so she was like, cut him in two. You can't have, I can't have, you can't have, ain't nobody gonna have, ain't no, I don't want to see nobody happy. And so I just wanted to say one thing that um, I shared this with our poor group. Some of us hang on to hurt because it's become your identity. And when we do that, let's say God heals you and gets all that rejection and that anger and that bitterness out. Well, this has been your identity for so long. Now, who am I? I don't, I don't even know what it feels like to be free. I don't even know what it feels like not to be in bondage. I don't know what it feels like not to be sick. I don't know what it feels like not to be depressed. And so I want to encourage you today. My plea for you today is that you choose life, regardless of what, what situation. Some of you may be holding on to stuff that has happened from childhood. And that thing still, it still sting you to this day, causing you to act a complete fool. Talking to people in any kind of way. You're an overachiever. Always know everything. Some of you are dealing with rejection. And so, are you going to get healed overnight? Jesus has the ability, but it takes time. And so the first step is to, in your mind, to say, hey, look, I need to deal with this. I need to deal with this pink elephant. I need to deal with my daddy issues, my mama issues. I need to deal with uh, the fact that uh, what I was called during desegregation, I need to deal with all of these things. And so I don't know what devastated you in your life that could possibly be holding you back. Because I, I look at Natalie Cole's life, right? So had she continued with her drug addiction, she wouldn't have won nine Grammys. Had she not made the choice to become sober, she wouldn't have been as successful as she was until the day that she died. And so I just pray that you choose life in what may seem like a dead situation. So I don't know where you fit in this sermon on today. Maybe you are at a point of desperation. Maybe you are at a point of devastation. Or maybe you said that on today, 
I want to make a decision. So I don't know where you are, who you are. I'm going to ask that. um, Think about think about what pains you. And I know it's painful. I've had to deal with some things that, you know, they start to peel the wool. Oh, no, no, don't take that off. Don't take it off. It hurt. It hurt. It hurt too much. Peeling it. You know how you peel that Band-Aid off. You, sometimes you got to rip that thing off because if not, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. No, no, no. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. But at some point, you're going to have to deal with it. Everybody else see it. They calling you the angry lady. The one that's always gossiping, the one that was always talking about people. You know, we deal with so many things and some simple stuff, the color of your skin. With the way your hair looks. But the beauty is that we are all created in his likeness and his image and we're made perfect in him. So I don't know if it's um, death. I don't know if it's abandonment, rejection. I don't know. I don't know what your devastation is or who caused it. But I want to pray with you on today that um, to encourage you to take those steps to make the decision to deal with it. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you all today. God, first of all, thanking you, oh God, for who you are. God, you are awesome. You're wonderful. You're marvelous. You're powerful. You're all-knowing. You're ever-present help in the time of trouble. So we thank you on today. God, we worship you. We worship you in spirit and in truth. God, I come to you today on behalf of your people. God, someone's been devastated. The pain of what they experienced feels like they rolled over their own child. And so I ask right now in the name of Jesus, with your comfort, with your sensitivity, that even if they're not even aware of what they're dealing with, God, that you will show it to them. I pray that you will show it to them in your grace. God, I pray that they will be um, at peace knowing that you are the one that can help them through this situation. So whatever it is, oh God, touch their hearts right now. Give them the courage to deal with it. God, I know somebody is probably like, you don't understand, Minister Chantel, the pain they caused me, the pain that I feel. God, give them the courage to deal with it on today. And then, God, there's someone that's operating out of desperation. Their mouth is all over the place. They talk to people any kind of way. They're always seeking affirmation from people because they didn't receive it growing up. God, they're operating in a spirit of pride. They're angry all the time. They can't sleep. No peace in their mind feels like their thoughts are just dancing all over their minds. And so I pray, God, that even in this desperation, that you will settle them. That you will provide them insight 
and show them their actions, oh God. God, I pray that they will meditate on your word, God, so they don't sin against you, God, even in their desperation. God, they are more than conquerors. I know because your word tells it to be so. So we lift them up to you right now. And God, for the person on today that says, hey, I want to make a decision to finally deal with this. I pray, oh God, for their confidence. I pray for their focus. God, I pray that you will send people in their lives that are safe, people that are sensitive to their needs, sensitive to their emotions, one that won't judge them or call them an outcast. I pray, God, that you will comfort this person, that you will protect them, protect them from their own thoughts, oh God. God, even from those things that they keep um, running away from, those those triggers, oh God, I pray, God, that you will allow them to deal with it. God, we thank you for Natalie Cole's life because she is proof, oh God, of how you are able to change a person's situation. And because you did, oh God, she became successful. She had everything imaginable, unimaginable, right in her own possession because she was remained sober. And God, on today, I pray that some of us in here remain sober, that we don't run back to those things that put a Band-Aid over the pain, that we don't go to those things that will numb the pain, that we don't go to those things, oh God, that will give a temporary... Um, settling but I pray Lord that you will show your people oh God exactly what they need to do concerning this God we thank you God we love you God I thank you for even the one that's viewing online oh God that they made a decision that hey I can't allow this to consume me to defeat me because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So we thank you, oh God. You tell us to cast all of our cares. So all of our abandonment, our fears, our anxieties, our horrible memories, our painful memories. Some of us may have remind, uh, scars that remind us daily, oh God. But I pray, Lord that you will help your people in this moment. God, we love you. God, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we worship you. I thank you, oh God, that you are touching the hearts right now in the name of Jesus God for the heart that is crying out right now help me I've been hurt you don't know how bad I've been hurt I don't know how to deal with this oh God 
but I thank you oh God that they're crying out to you right now God their heart is speaking out to you right now oh God those things God that they've kept burning for so long and buried oh God those things oh God that they've avoided and passed on oh God I thank you oh God that you're showing them those things God even as we go out from this place I pray your protection upon your people God we know the enemy is busy so protect their minds. I pray, Lord, that they'll think on things that are lovely, things that are pure, things that are true. They're not fat. You created them. They're not ugly. You created them in your likeness, in your image. They are somebody. You love them. Though my mother forsake me, God, you are there. So God, if no one gives them the affirmation that they're looking for, I pray that you will remind them, remind them in your word, what the word says, that you are the apple of my eye. I know the amount of hairs on your head. I created you. God, I thank you for your people. I thank you for your word. And we ask all of these things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So again, I just encourage you all to deal with whatever it is. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. I know it because it's been true in my life. He's able. So you may be watching and you say, yeah, I keep hearing you talk about this God and this Jesus. And I've been devastated. I act out of desperation and I know I need to make a decision, but I don't I really don't know how to do this thing. So I want to offer salvation on you today I'm not gonna make it real I'm not gonna make it super deep as simple as ABC first you have to accept that you are a sinner and, and know that you are in need of a savior secondly you have to believe that Jesus Christ was sacrificed that he died on the cross that he was dead he was buried and that on the third day that he rose and C is to confess that I need you in my life, Lord, as my Lord and Savior. And so if that's you, I just want to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, oh God, for the decision that your son or daughter has made. That they are back into the fold. That they are in the family of one. God, I ask right now, oh God, that... As they accepted you, your son, Jesus, that you will guard them, oh God, from their old ways. God, we thank you, oh God, that they will have life and life more abundantly. And then the next one is for, maybe you've backslidden, right? That I, I got saved when I was 12. I got saved when I was 21 but you're just in this state of 
darkness. You got one foot in, one foot out. You're lukewarm. I want to pray with you and ask that it offer ask you that you come back into the, the fold. God touch this person's heart right now. God, they slipped up, they missed up, they've been misguided, they've given up on you. So I pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, that they will have the courage, oh God, to get back in the right path, oh God, for if they commit their plans to you, oh God, they will succeed. So give them what they need, oh God. I pray, oh God, that they are, don't continue to contemn themselves, oh God, from the things of the past, oh God. Though that you're accepting them and that you're here, always been here for them. And then thirdly, maybe you are visiting online and you say, hey, I, I, I kind of like this church. I'm, I'm trying to get down with it. So I want to open up the doors to the church virtually. Uh, we will definitely be back in a soon coming day. But you say, I, I, I hear the word that comes forth. You know, it's pure. I hear God speaking directly to me, and I want to be a member of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. If that is you, please um, let us know by um, emailing us at uh, waychurchtampabay.org. And so even if you have just kind of popped in and you saw the message, um, but you don't live here and you want to go somewhere that's close whenever the churches open up again, um, just as Minister Serena said last week, just find you a, a Bible teaching church. Too many people playing, y'all. As we see, there's a whole lot of people dying every single day. And this is, uh, the hour is, is, is near. Jesus is coming back. Amen. So I just thank you again. I thank you for um, your attention on today. I pray that it's a word that falls on good ground and that it's one that um, after you deal with what you have, reach back and help somebody deal with what they did with. Amen. Let us receive Pastor Cole. Praise the Lord, everybody. Somebody say, just deal with it. That was a mighty message. And the, the reality is, I, I think we look out on today and because of everything that's going on, we just kind of just let everything pass over. These are not those moments right now. The reason why you're dealing with something or you're still feeling the effects of something from 20 years ago is because you didn't deal with it. Because you, 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 you had something happen to you in your childhood, but you, you never really dealt with it. So on today, this message um, started to bring up some things that I needed to deal with. And hopefully you got the same thing out of it also. But on today, I'm going to go ahead and choose life and life more abundantly. Here's our quick church announcement. We thank God for Minister Chantel uh, for closing out Women's Month. Thank God for every single woman that came up here and presented. Uh, we knew it was the right thing because Jesus was choosing women in a season just like this to let everyone know that he had got up and rose again. And so we thank God for the message that these women have brought on this month. Believe me, we don't need it to be Women's Month for a woman to bring a message. We thank God for uh, God working in women every single day and not just in the month of March. But we are at a place. Somebody say Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. 
That is next week. We have been waiting for an opportunity like this. We have been in preparation. And so right now, for the people that are in the sanctuary or the people that are watching online, next week, March 28th, we're inviting the entire congregation out. Somebody make some noise. If you've been waiting for opportunity like this to come back to church and you don't feel safe coming inside the building, guess what? We're not going to be in the building. We're going to be out in the streets. We are having Palm Service Sunday next week right at the park. Next week at 10.30 a.m. at Rolette Park, just a couple of miles away from here, 2401 East Yukon Street, Shelter 218. We want you to bring your mask, your 10 by 10 tents, your little uh, collapsible chairs, uh, families, and come out ready to worship with us. Is that all right? And in, for, in order for that to happen, guess what we need? Volunteers, volunteers, praise the Lord. As we prepare for worship outside, we need you to email us and say you want to volunteer. What can you do? You can greet, you can serve, you can be a parking attendant. There are so many different things you can do on Palm Sunday, and not just Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is nothing but a preparation for Easter. And so the way you do that, if you want to, uh, you can send us a message through Facebook or church office at waytampabay.org. Once again, that's church office at waytampabay.org as soon as possible. And let us know that you're interested in serving with us. That's one of the things I love about my father in love. He calls his guys. He's been doing this serving at his church for over 20 years. He calls his guys every week. I said, Jesus, maybe that's why they always turn out in huge numbers. Somebody got to call them. And so we thank God that he has that servant heart. We're looking for that same thing here at the Way Church of Tampa Bay. If you have that servant's heart, we want to see you out here coming to volunteer with us. And then after Palm Sunday and Easter, guess what we're doing? We're open. We want you to feel comfortable. The church is open where we want to invite you out uh, to come back. If you are feeling comfortable, let's see, see how Palm Sunday and Easter feels. Come back out to service at least once in a month. And starting on April 11th from 10.30 a.m., we want to worship corporately again. It's time for some of you guys to come in and deal with it. Join us in the house of the Lord. We would love to have you here with us. And always remember, we are going to be safe and sanitized. Somebody say safe and sanitized. That ain't really the, that's the God's word version. But uh, we thank again, Pastor Keith and Lady Serena for them resting on today. Hopefully they were resting. I saw them online for a little bit, but that doesn't mean they were resting. Remember to pray for Minister Chantel and every person that you don't see on today. This word is a unique opportunity to minister to someone else. So on today, just like a lot of our words, if you know somebody and you see the effects of someone not dealing with something, Share this message. Maybe you don't know the words to say, but I believe Minister Chantel said them all on today. Or also Minister Lenetra or Lilo Trotro, all of those. Praise the Lord for that in deliverance. See, when you deal with it, you can say that or I get in trouble when I get home. Praise the Lord. Everybody go ahead and stand up. If you're at home, if you're with someone, if you're with someone in the car, touch somebody's shoulder and make sure they're still driving. Tell them to keep their hands on the wheel. Um, we praise God for every person that did join us in the sanctuary on today. For every person, we really want to see. I promise you, you don't have to be a leader on next week. If you are a member of the Way Church of Tampa Bay, God, we, we, we're asking him to hold back the rain or any other storm that just happens to want to come on next week. We want to see you in person. This is an opportunity to worship once again as a family on next week and on Easter. 
So for those that are in the service, go ahead and touch somebody that you came with. Uh, and if not, uh, you'll have that opportunity. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm, I'm getting caught up. We got offering. You, you want a way to give. Yeah. So we can actually do something for Easter. Is that right, Deacon Ronnie? Oh, Lord, we'll be broke. We won't have nothing. We're going to have to split. We're going to have to be like Jesus and bless it and break it and hope that it's going to feed the thousands. All right. But here's your way to give so that we can make it possible. According to Acts, uh, 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, we, we want to make sure that for God loves a cheerful giver. If you're not smiling like me, at least fake it. Uh. Show all the teeth you paid for, the ones you got on layaway. There's a person you can give, a way you can give. You can give in person if you're here in the sanctuary. Right in the rear of the sanctuary, we have offering envelopes and baskets that you can give right there. And you can go directly to our website and give securely via PayPal. There's a give button right up in the corner. Also on Cash App. Come on, you guys know what it is. If I said Cash App, you know what it is. It is the dollar sign, the Way Church of TB. You can give on there. And last but not least, because I love my people, my boomers, the ones that got a secure future, we hoping you can send it in by mail. P.O. Box 280003, Tampa, Florida, 33682. If you just said, what is the P.O. Box? Don't send it that way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We want you to worship with us again on next week. As you're touching the person that you're in your house or, or the one that you arrive with or the one that you're in the car with, we thank God for connections. This is how we deal with it. We support each other. We know that God is a healer. He's a deliverer. He can set free. But you got to see that, that there's a problem. So we thank God for having a church that acknowledges those things. We thank, we thank God for the anointing of the Holy Spirit from a time like this. We thank God that his blood allowed us not to be perfect. That he, he died and was buried, but most importantly, he got up. So thank you, God, even on today, until we return again. For any person that's watching the rebroadcast, we thank you that the anointing is still fresh. God, touch them right now. Bring up the mirror of grace. Help them to deal with it. Show them the process. Show them the counselors. Show them someone most importantly with wisdom that comes only from you. We thank you for every person that has been able to hear this and their faith was increased on today. We thank God for the visionary and the preacher of the hour. Until next time, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.